Welcome to the Small Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Jason Johnson. And I'm Tom Patton. There are more than 30 million small businesses in the United States alone, which accounts for nearly all U.S. businesses. But what does it take to be successful in a small business? On this podcast, we talk with small business owners and others about leadership and what it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur. And my guest today is Mark Missigman, founder of Mark Missigman Enterprises. And Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure, Tom, and thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Let's talk first about your business, Mark. What is it that you actually do? Great, thanks. I appreciate that opening, Tom. Uh, Mark Missigman Enterprises, we are a leadership and consulting company that specializes in helping uh, individuals and small to medium-sized business improve their leadership ability. Because I know that leadership is very important to any business, any enterprise, whether it be a family, a community, or, and or even a Fortune 500 business. So beyond the 30-second elevator pitch, expand on that just a little bit. Sure. Sure. I would I would tell you this in in a bit of a, a bit of a story. So at one time in my career, I was traveling a lot and I found myself on a rental car bus, those big kind of uh, city buses that you might take from point A to point B because the rental car place was not located, co-located with uh, the airport. So I was on the bus and I just instituted a life, less, a life rule for me. It was called the five foot circuit rule. Five foot circuit rule means anybody that comes within five feet of me I talk to them. I look them in the eye and I at least ask them how their day is going because I want to make sure that people understand that I value them. So I'm sitting on this bus and we stopped at the next terminal and this lady came on the bus and she had this stern look on her face and she was walking very loudly and she was obviously upset about something and she sits within five feet of me. I say, great. What a great day to start this new rule. But I got the rule. So... To make a long story short, I talked to her and I found out that this lady was coming to this city to see her daughter and her son-in-law and her two grandchildren. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a, going to be a visit of enjoyment. Her daughter had recently been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. So I talked to her about this whole situation and, and asked her a bunch of questions and when she got to her stop and she got up to get off she said thank you for talking to me and I could tell when her face was a little bit lighter and her steps were a little bit lighter and I used my ability to influence people to help her with her day because leadership is influence now I was sitting on a powder keg of information I mean I could have jumped in and told her about all the different experiences I've had with cancer in my life but no I put the focus on her So leadership is influence. So what I do is I go to individuals and businesses and I help them understand how they influence the people within their business, how they influence the people who they're trying to do businesses with, and how they influence the people that they want to make clients. What got you into this? Great question. Great (laughs) question. So it's it, that I, I could go so many ways, but I guess the pivotal point was I was having lunch with an old friend and she asked me, you know, you seem pretty happy, but you don't want to be in a career that you're in. What about your career right now that you do that you like doing or that you love? And it was a great question, very profound. And I had to think a minute. I couldn't answer right away. And, and I came up with a name and his name was John. 
And she said, John, what do you mean? Well, John was a young kid who came on my team. And over the years, I developed him and helped him learn the business. And, and he was actually running my business for me for a while. And he went from making $30,000 to making $85,000 in a matter of four or five years, a great jump in pay. And when he left to go back home, um, he got a job making over six figures. And I said, that's what I liked about my job. She said, well, go be a leadership coach. Find so out what day. Yeah. Go find something you like to do and do more of that. <laughs> do more of that. Great thing. And I like developing people and I like teaching them how to be leaders. And so the next day I called the John Maxwell team and that's where I got my certification to be a leadership consultant. What were you doing at that time? What was your business before you were a leadership consultant? I was a cybersecurity consultant in, in, in the uh, defense and defense, Department of Defense. And I noticed from your website, you learned a lot about your leadership skills from being a member of the U.S. Navy, and, and thank you for your service. Uh, what was it about being in the Navy that you feel like made you a good leader? I appreciate that. I, I, it was my pleasure to serve my country, and and if to do it all over again, I I definitely would. Being in the Navy to uh, what made me feel like being a good leader because I did attain the rank of Chief Petty Officer E seven, which as we say is the backbone of the Navy. We may help, we make things get done. Mm -hmm. The officers are there and they're in charge and they have command and they make the the big decisions, but when it comes to executing that, it falls on the chief petty officer's mess. So having attained that rank and having been in a position of leadership, I felt that was a good start on how to be the leaders, being uh, a good leader. But I think the good leader is the one that puts people first and develops the people around them. So in the Navy, in, in any of the services, when you become an E1, E2, E3, E4, your job is to look back and look at those people that are E1, UT, or E3, say if you're an E4, and train them on what you did, on what their job is, and pass down that knowledge and develop them. So as I did that over 20 years of my career, to continually over and over again in that people development, I think that's what made me a good leader. And I think the one thing that people always look to to determine if they want to follow somebody is their success. And I think that I was successful in my Navy career. Why was it important for you, Mark, to establish your own business rather than go to work for somebody else? Great question. I think I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to have my own business. As a cybersecurity consultant, I did work for another company, but it was very entrepreneurial company. So in the early days of that, I actually started the business line of cybersecurity within this company. The company that I first worked for was known for installing and maintaining elevators on Navy ships. So computers and cybersecurity, that was all foreign language to them. They wanted somebody, they needed somebody to start that business line. And I did that. And they basically, you know, all of the things that they did to make the business go, accounting, contracts, uh, HR stuff, they did for us. And we kind of built our own business within within the business. So were there any, was there anything unique about your journey into entrepreneurship in your mind? Oh, uh, absolutely. I think the, the uniqueness was that I've always was curious about business. I always was asking people who were in business how they did it. But then it was my ability to say, I'll try that. So 
maybe some people out there tried the MLM world and failed uh, or were successful. Uh, maybe some people tried other side businesses while they're in the military and got that started. So I did do some of those things while I was in the military and while I was working for the other company. Did you have any failures along the way? Or were there things that you tried and said, no, that's not it? Well, we only have, I think you said 30 minutes. So if I start <laughs> talking about my failures, it's going to be a much longer But podcast. everybody has them. Everybody has them. That is for sure. Absolutely. There was, there was, uh, oh man, talk about a failure. I mean, I had some failures in the MLM world where things were going well and making a, making a bad choice. First of all, tell, tell me, tell me what down. is, tell me what is the MLM world? What's, what's MLM? Multi-level marketing. Okay. Multi-level marketing. So think Amway, uh, probably was the best known multi-level marketing. Right. And there's been some adjustments to the world in it. and it's a good world. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It just wasn't for me. Right. It wasn't for me. Some other some other things that I failed at is probably um, at the beginning, you kind of feel like you're an imposter. Like, am I supposed to be in this? Is mm -hmm. this really me? Do I deserve to be sitting at this table? Um, and that causes you to, to create decisions that don't lend to success. And that's a mindset. And that's really what I what I what I do in my business is I help people with their mindset. So I think that lends to my success and my wisdom and credibility to sit across from the table to tell somebody, I understand where you are. I've walked in those shoes and I've come through okay and we're on the other side. So I think imposter syndrome is a big part of a failure of anybody starting out with something new is they have this dream and I have this dream of helping everybody see as successful as they can be. But at the same time, it's like, I don't have, I never had the great name to follow like a John Maxwell or Tony Robbins mm. or whatever. So I just try to help one person at a time and as they are put in front of me and that's where I find my success. There's an old saying that goes something like, I'm not judged by the number of times that I fail, but by the number of times that I succeed. And the number of times that I succeed is in direct proportion to the number of times that I can fail and keep trying. Do you find that, Absolutely. do you find that to be relevant absolutely that is that is absolutely relevant. that's probably the life of the entrepreneur uh i think and you have to be prepared for that is that it's not how many times it's not if you fall down it's not how many times you fall down it's how many times you get back up but i think the key point here is is while you're down understand and learn why you fell down so when you get back up you get back up in a better direction what are some of the things that you learned from some of those failures that you had? I talked about, uh, about the imposter syndrome. The other failure is, is that um, at times I can, I tend to rely too much on technology mm -hmm. and instead of playing to my strengths, because my strength is more person to person and where my personality can uh, be more easily received because it's hard to, it's hard to communicate personality on Facebook post or an email or a video sometimes. So I think the, the failure was, as one of my mentors says, is get out of the house, mm -hmm. go to those networking events, go to the training that you need to go to um, and mix with people and ask for the business. Because the, the question I get a lot of many, many uh, networking events is, what do you do? And, and everybody will tell you what they do, no matter if it's me or they're talking to anyone else. But the next question is you got to say you got to do is ask for the sale or ask for the meeting, 
ask for the referral. That is a confidence bridge that you have to have is just because they ask doesn't mean they're a fan of yours. You have to take that extra step to ask the question, ask for the sale. But for many entrepreneurs, that's the hardest part. It's the, it's absolutely the hardest thing to, to say, I would like to have your business. How do you help people that you coach get over that, that hump? Well, I think there's many components to that statement, although it sounds pretty simple. So I think the first part for them is they have to believe in what they're doing. Okay. They have to believe in whatever their business is, whether they're selling computers, whether they're trying to get more money for the homeless, whether they're trying to feed America, whether they're trying to sell life insurance, they have to believe in what they're doing and they have to have a strategy for what that is. And they have to understand who it is they're looking for. And even at that point, when they have all those questions answered, then there's the other point is when I ask, what if they say no? So it's the ability to ask and be rejected and be able to come back from that. That's a fall down right there, as we talked about mm -hmm. earlier. So do I get back up? Do I ask again, even though I was rejected? So I think that that's where I, that's not I think I know that is where the problem is for many young entrepreneurs is hey, I've got this great website, I've got this great idea, I've asked five people and they don't like it. Oh my gosh, I'm a failure. No, you just haven't found the right person yet. Right. So I say, keep trying to go until you find that person. It's kind of like dating. You know, you, you didn't, I, most of the time you don't marry the first person you date because you probably on the first date, you're pretty bad at it. Uh, we all were. <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't want to go to those memories. So it's kind of like dating. You got to keep finding, keep dating until you find that person you're going to, you're going to marry. And, and hopefully you have a lot of those where you have a lot of clients. A good friend of mine who was very successful in sales said, go out and get 500 no's just as fast as you can. Yeah. Because I, you're going to get rejected a lot. Yeah. And I think that develops a skin, but I think that also develops some ability to how do I overcome objections? Mm -hmm. How do I overcome? Because I believe everybody in the world needs what I have. Mm -hmm. but they're going to have some objections to it. Well, why do I need it? Why do, why do I need you? What's it going to do for me? What pain point is it going to solve? Or what am I going to get? What's going to be the rainbow that I'm going to receive? So the entrepreneur, and, uh, among all the things I've talked about before, and, we, and we're still talking about, they have to do that. They have to do the ask. They, off, they have to be able to handle the objections to say, this is why you need it. This is what you're going to receive. This is what's going to be less painful. This is what's going to take less time. This is what's going to bring you more money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what's in it for them? And that only comes through conversation, understanding what your prospect needs or wants. We're talking with Mark Missigman of Mark Missigman Enterprises on the Small Business Leadership Podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. The Small Business Leadership Podcast is made possible by Broadreach Communications and Marlin Consulting Solutions. Marlin Consulting Solutions specializes in local SEO service packages to improve your page rankings and exposure on the search engines, leading to more leads, more customers, and business growth. Be the first business your customers see when they conduct local searches on search engines like Google, Bing, and Yahoo. 
Find out how by visiting Marlin Consulting Solutions at marlincs.com. Broadreach Communications provides professional communication services for small businesses that need those services but do not need a full-time communications department. They provide website content ranging from news and blog posts to podcasts and company newsletters. Broadreach Communications can help you stay in touch with existing customers and reach new ones. Find them online at broadreach.biz. Welcome back to the Small Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Tom Patton, and we're talking with Mark Missigman of Mark Missigman Enterprises. Mark, I want to come back to just when you were founding your business a little bit and ask you if there were any specific challenges or roadblocks that got in your way as you were putting together Mark Missigman Enterprises. Oh, for sure. There were, there were roadblocks of where am I going to find my clients? Um, how do I do accounting? Um, what are the tax implications of having a business? Um, who am I going to get to do marketing? Who am I going to get to be my personal assistant? And do I need a personal assistant? All those roadblocks. And then the probably the other roadblock is I have the best answer in the world and nobody knows who I am. So how do, I, how, do, how do I get people to know that I'm here? What specific niche do you think you fill in a world that's filled with consultants? Great question. The world is filled with consultants. I think the niche, is, the niche for me is here. I seem to gravitate towards um, new entrepreneurs, uh, women, as a matter of fact, uh, and you know, why women? I, I don't know exactly. I have some guesses. Maybe I should ask them. Uh, one, I'm a good listener. Uh, two, I grew up in a family with six sisters. So maybe I'm more attuned to the female mindset than most men. Um, but I'm also, I think, filling a niche of people who are just moving into leadership positions or have been in just a short time. And they realize that, hey, I may not have the skill set for this. I mean, I just think I think I knew what I wanted to do, but now that I'm in it, I'm not having the success that I want. But I think that is the experience for most people. I think that's the experience for most people. So the niche that I um, feel is I can teach you the basics of leadership. Mm-hmm. I can teach you kind of the bachelor's level course on leadership, and I can teach you the advanced level on leadership. You know, you talk a lot about leadership and how that translates to influence and you talked about that a little bit earlier but expand on that concept for us a little bit and and why it is that a good leader also becomes a good influencer great question and and i'm glad you brought that up because that is the crux of it because leadership is influence so in any business or any company or any organization there may be someone who is quote unquote the leader because they have the title they have that corner office or they have the clipboard, they are the supervisor. Now, that doesn't necessarily make them the leader just because they have that positional title. Right. Because the leader is the person that the people follow or go to for the answer. So, for example, if, if you are the leader and you're in a meeting and you guys are trying to solve a problem and you're talking and then someone else talks and, 
everyone else starts talking to that person and they are the one that is driving a conversation, that person's the leader right? because they have the influence. They've gained the trust of the people. They either have the knowledge of what's going on and they're the first ones to help because those are the people that influence. Okay. So just because you, your title has Mandarin, manager in it doesn't mean that you are the leader. So leadership is the person that, that is the first one to help the one that has the ability to ask people to do things and people will change or do it without a second thought, right? Without right. any leverage. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the manager going to say, well, you need to go do this or you're fired. Well, they're going to do it because people want to keep their job. Right. But if I walk up to Tom and I say, Tom, we're going to change directions. We're going to go this way. And you say, yep, I'm going to go do that. Then you know that I was the leader because you trusted my direction you trusted my opinion you trusted that i knew what i was talking about and we also have established a relationship because leadership is what puts people first and i have established a relationship with you that you believe what i'm going what i say and you believe in me it's called the law of the buy-in but to that to that point where does it, where does the give and take come in? If you come to me and say, we're going to change direction and do this. And I say, that's a great idea, but have you thought about this? Where does the leader become not necessarily a follower, but does a leader need to be willing to be open to those kinds of ideas? Absolutely. The leader is collaborative for sure. That's the environment the leader wants to cultivate is a collaborative environment. So if that was the case and you said, have I thought about this? I may say no and then let you tell me about it, right? right? And then if I say, okay, that meets the goals and if you think that'll work, then I would say, go ahead and do that. But what what is a precursor to that is that relationship. You and I have sat down and we've established a relationship. I understand who you are. You understand who I am. I know that we're going to be collaborative. I've also created an environment where it's okay for you to make a mistake because I know that in your heart you're here and you're being positive a contribution a positive contributor to the business therefore i know you're human and you're going to make mistakes you work with a lot of small and medium-sized business owners what are some of the common mistakes you see among them great question great question i have to i have to say these answers in a way of not to reveal anybody sure i understand that <laughs> um um, I would say that a lot of mistakes are that the owner, the leader, um, believes that the people that work for them have the same thoughts that they have, mm. right? Well, this is what I was thinking, or I know this is going to be right, or I thought this about that. When, when we dig a little deeper and we'd say we're working on a, a communication workshop or a disbehavior workshop, find out that that wasn't the case at all. So they assume that everybody's in their head. Okay. Right. Um, the other one that they, they might make a decision that is not necessarily um, vetted throughout the organization where that may affect a piece of the organization positively, but it may affect another piece of the organization negatively. So a decision too fast. Um, the other piece that I would say that small to medium-sized business owners make is they assume that their people are on board with whatever they're going to do because they decided to work there. Like 100% right. committed loyalty was happening the day that they started. 
which isn't the case because it goes kind of goes back to what we said before. That owner has to start that relationship with that person to where they gain buy-in to not only the person, but say the message of the business. And then, then when they know that they're on board and their relationship is established, then he knows that he has loyalty from his team. How important, how important is the process of delegation to being a leader? You talked about the collaborative process and, and if someone comes to you and says, well, have you thought about it this way? You say, no, but that makes kind of makes sense. Take ownership of that. You've then delegated to that person to carry through that process. How important is that piece of, of the puzzle? Well, delegation, I'm glad you brought that up, is a leader's best friend, okay? And there's a methodology to delegate in a way that develops the leader because the delegation is a method for that leader to develop other leaders. And wouldn't that be great in a company where you had a, had a bunch of leaders that the owner of the business or the department head of that organization or a pastor at a church or whatever it may be, but are there people that he can depend on that he knows is going to go do the job is what we like to call shut the door kind of people. So mm-hmm. if I have a project that I want to give it to Tom and I've established a relationship with Tom and I've gone through the delegation process of developing Tom as a leader, I can go give it to Tom. He says, I got it. I shut the door and I don't worry about it. And I go do all other things, whatever may be on my plate. Okay. So delegation to get back to that is a leader's best friend. And that is how, once you have established that relationship and you see that that person is ready for more responsibility through a series of they've proven themselves, they've, you've earned their, they've earned your trust, you've earned their trust, the collaborative environment is to slowly, slowly and through a methodology, bring that person up to lead projects, to head up an apartment, to get people to work for them. And that will build up the leaders. So the delegation is a leader's best friend in a way to develop leaders within your business. Do you find sometimes that there are people who have been in that more subservient role who feel like they have earned the right to move into a leadership role? And is that always appropriate? Absolutely. There's, there's, (laughs) I have a saying is everybody likes to be the boss until they are the boss. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's many people in the world who, who believe that they deserve to be the leader. And, and a lot of times it's a case of of potentially there isn't there isn't a spot for that person. Uh, it, all, it could be the case that maybe the person deciding who's going to be the next leader or hasn't really noticed that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that would be on the leader to to know their people better or have a better process of evaluating that person. But the key, the, the, there's two things here. One is it's great that that person feels that they want to be a leader because they're looking to better themselves and do more for the company. Love that. The problem is, or the danger is, is if the powers that be don't recognize that person, that person can do one of two things. They can continue to stay and become disgruntled and frustrated and bring other people down, or two, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. So it's very incumbent on the leader to keep the pulse of the people. And the only way that you can keep the pulse on the people is interact with them, go out and talk to them, have meetings with them, have events where there is an exchange between people, maybe that's not talking about work, but 
some kind of an event, maybe uh, a lunch off site or a ball game or something like that. Those are great ways to find the pulse of your of your business or pulse of your team. Mark, do you think you're a successful entrepreneur and why or why not? That's a great question. It kind of puts me on the spot a little bit. It, it all depends on how you define success. So if you define success as I'm doing what I love and I'm helping people become better than, than they were yesterday, then yes, I'm a success. If you judge success by uh, I am now a multimillionaire, well, then no, I'm not a multimillionaire. Yet I am becoming, I am on my way. <laughs> so the answer, short answer would be yes and no. So it's good to have goals. And one thing more, do you have any thoughts for someone who wants to start their own business? If somebody comes to you and said, you know, I've got this great idea. I really want to try and make my own business out of it. What advice do you give them? My advice for that I would give them is look at yourself. And if you have this great idea, ask yourself, is that in my strength zone? Is that what I do well? And if that is what you do well, and by something you do well, that you would do it, one, and not get paid to do it. Two, you get excited about doing it. You wake up in the morning, you can't wait to get to do it. And three, it's something that you can do very easily. You know, some people have talents that they do very easily, whether that be play guitar, play golf, calculus, whatever it may be. If it's in those things, then I would say go for it. But also plan, have a, have a business plan, have a methodology, find out where your target audience is going to be, where those sales are going to come from, and what community you're going to live in. I would recommend, you know, that our Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. Um, an entrepreneur or a business already in your field to find a mentor. A mentor can help you not make the mistakes that they make, and it will shorten your time period to become successful. That's what I would tell them. That sounds like great advice. And Mark, I really appreciate you taking time today. It's been a great, uh, great to talk with you once again. Yes, thank you, Tom. It was great to be here on uh, the Small Business Leader Podcast. And I, and I can't wait to see you again. Take care. The Small Business Leadership Podcast is produced by Marlin Consulting Solutions and Broadreach Communications. Be sure to join us again for the next edition of the Small Business Leadership Podcast. And remember to look for the opportunity in every challenge. I'm Tom Patton.